All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, this is the Companion Podcast where Casey and I uh, get to dive into the sermon, not just on Sunday, but as we go forward in our lives and our grow groups, looking at uh, the message, how does it apply, what questions can we answer, and today we have with us Keith, uh, Pastor Keith. For this um, <laughs> Keith, thank you know. so much. <laughs> thank you so much for the message that you brought. I could tell mm-hmm. like just how much from the research and just your heart behind this message and, and also getting to know you personally through Young Guns, that you love God and you have such a high view of him. So thank you for your message. Well, thanks, Karsten. And the message was for me too. I need reminders of how great God is and how appropriate fear or respect and awe of him is a big part of our proper understanding of God. Absolutely, absolutely. And so the, the title for, or not the title, but the, the big question that Keith asked for us is, uh, what do we think God is like? If, yeah, if someone asked you, uh, maybe someone who was an unbeliever who said, well, what, well what, is, what is God like? What do you think, what is God like to you? And that's, he said, uh, that, that includes your belief, your thoughts, your actual knowledge of him and stuff like that. All that informs that idea. Yeah. And with that question, it's like, what do you think God's like? And you're like, there's no elevator speech on this one. You're like, no, how no. much time do I have? Do I have like hours, years? Like, like there's so much, there's so much to God. But one fun thing I thought was interesting and, and for our uh, listeners is to maybe go back when you were like nine, 10, 11 years old, when you were, when you were young, but you were definitely old enough. You're starting to think about what is God like? So for us when, going back to that age, like, what would you guys what was, what was God like in your mind when you were young? Oh, man. God was so big, and he was all br- this bright light that existed kind of under everything for me. Okay. And I felt like he was all around, and you could kind of be around, and he would you could never be far enough away from him. I feel like my parents did a really good job of instilling that Psalm 139 idea of God. Like, he's with you everywhere. He loves you everywhere. He's powerful enough to do anything and he cares about you personally. Like I, I felt like I had that feeling. Like I was walking around with this constant like hug, like this okay. constant being held thing. It was a really that's cool feeling. Awesome. I was really sad that I lost that when I got older. Mm, that's awesome, Keith. How about you? When you were younger, what uh, what was in your head for what you thought God was like when you were ten years old? Well, I probably thought more about the severe side of God. Okay, um, it's more like I get in trouble with my parents a lot. Okay. And, and my parents have rules for me to live up to, yeah. and so does God. And and I and I also thought that He was unlimited. Mm-hmm. Um, an interesting th- thought that I've had um, is that when I was young, that that idea of God being so great and unlimited, yeah, had more of a an impact on how I lived. I thought if I believe this, it should affect me. Yeah. And I think as I've gotten older, and maybe this is a common thing for adults, we can compartmentalize that and oh, say, yeah. I understand all this stuff yeah. about God. But when I really ask myself the hard questions, do you really believe that, that he knows every thought you're having? Mm. If that's true, then it ought to affect my, my behavior. I ought to think about it. And instead, I compartmentalize it and make it, that's my academic study of God. Yep. And yep. then I go through life. So Keith, you made me think about uh, compartmentalization. Uh, it's an older commercial, but I feel like most everyone has seen it. 
is what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Oh, yeah. And it's like <laughs> that mentality of like, oh, I'm going to go to Sin City and I'm going to sin and then I'm going to keep it there and I'm going to go about my life. And with this, we're like, no, God sees everything. He knows everything. He doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're in Vegas or in church, like God sees you. And that, like he said, that should affect how I live my life if I believe that. Well, and the converse about uh, when we go to church, is that kind of like we, I go to church, then I kind of like when you go to Vegas, you might behave differently. When oh, I go sure. to, when I go to church, do I behave differently than I do the rest of the week? Yeah. What happens in church is this my church, Casey. And then when I leave, I get to be normal, Casey. Oh, yeah. Keith, what would you have on? Well, that's back to the, to the big principle. What I think about God and, and what I mean by think is what I believe in my heart about God. Yes impacts everything else and that's the truth yep yeah absolutely so for me when i was 10 years old um i grew up in the nazarene church and so there was some theology with the nazarene church where it was like uh your faith is as solid as you are solid with God. Mm. And if your faith is if you're not solid with God man you might not be saved i mean there was oh, some gosh. conditional like you know, you kind of raise on like, hey, make sure you're doing good things and that you're in a good place. That means your salvation is good. So I just felt like there were some parts of me when I was 10, I was like, man, I just, I, I can't let God down. If, if I slip too much, I might lose it. Oh, wow. And, and even my, and then I think, uh, you know, we project our own parents or our guardians or lack of parents yeah. and guardians onto God. So for me, I had a dad, but I, I received the most love and attention from him when I did well in oh. sports. So then that combined with kind of how I grew up in church, it's like, gosh, I got to do a lot of good things so that God's happy with me and that he sees me. Well, it's a good thing we have a lot of scripture that talks that talks against being works-based salvation, huh? Yeah. That's helpful. Yeah. No, that was huge for me in college. <laughs> um, so what about when we got older? How did things change in our 20s? Oh, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defer on that one and ask Keith to go first on that one. So I had a typical uh, go to college and become ignore what I knew was the truth and just okay. act like everybody else. Did it, yeah, and I did for a while. Yeah. Um, so I, I really got this compartmentalization going yeah. on. Okay, I re- that that makes again that makes me feel better because that's where I was going to go. Is that right? I wasn't sure. Well, yeah, I, I had a bad, bad thing. I was talking earlier today about being in the army and stuff like that. When I was in the army. I had Buddhist on my dog tags. I had a period where I just thought I had figured it out and okay. and I saw the difference between this and that and knew how it worked and thought it was more like the force. It's just this mystical thing that connects us all. And, and yeah, I just went a very, very long way and it was very much the whole leaning on your own understanding. And so luckily I can look back and say, I know what happens when you do that. You get so far away from the truth. And like we talked about last um, on Wednesday, when we did, we did the Wednesday podcast, there's a reason that you have to not neglect being around other people because when you're right. by yourself trying to figure stuff out, you go on a, there's no one to rein you in when you really start getting out there. And I didn't have that when I was younger. Now I have to ask uh, Keith because Keith, with Wait, what you do, out, you're not getting out of this. With what you do professionally and just, I don't know, when, when you're up on stage, I just feel like uh, my experience of you is like, you know, just this uh, wise, amazing man, father type figure, or like head coach. I'm just like whatever Keith says on stage, I'm gonna do it because yes, yeah. it's like the head coach up Take there. Take that you to know? the bank. Take the charge. Um, so you said you you had some compartmentalization, some some time in your 20s when you knew it, 
but your heart was maybe going after other things. So would you tell us a little bit more about what that looks like? Cause some people would be like, Keith, never, Keith, never strayed. He never had any hard times. You want me to confess in front of everybody? <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Well, I was a student at the University of Wyoming. Okay. And so I um, had the same values. I, I took my cues right. from culture okay. as to what is right and wrong and what is acceptable and not uh, from culture instead of from God's word. And and that's just what I did. And I still studied it and I did okay in school. Yeah. But uh I was one of the rowdy drinkers in the in the football stands and on and on. Yeah. Well, and I think I think that can really speak to the fact that I think we have probably a little bit of time. We won't talk about how much time between each of the three of us in the times mm-hmm. that we were all in our twenties. And I think it's fair to say that probably way before us and maybe way after us, we're going to have we're going to see those same problems. So your listener, like if you think back to your twenties it might be the same and it doesn't matter what decade, like it is a hard part of your life because you, you start to become, try to become more of an individual. And it's very easy, I think, to have these, these time periods where we kind of try to lean on our own idea of things and do what we want to do more than what we know to be right. Something that I want to hit on that I just feel like is a, a thesis statement from the sermon that what Keith just said, he said he took cues from culture. And that affected his life. Mm. And it doesn't matter whether it was Keith in his 20s or me in my 20s, Casey in his 20s, people in their 20s right now. And 30s, if you, if I'm being honest. <laughs> if you take your cues from culture, that will lead you into sin at some level or maybe a big level. But if we take our cues from God's word, God's people, like we've been talking about, like the importance of his word, the importance of community and going to church, cues from that affect who God is really like. And um, you said in the sermon today that we don't make God in our image. No. God made us in him, his image. So yeah. as we take our cues from his word, that allows us to become the people that we were meant to be based on that God has a plan for your life. He, he sees you. He knows you. Um, Keith, what was the scripture? Psalm 139.16. Um, it says... Your eyes, saw, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Um, what, a, what an incredible thought. And when I was 20, I thought, no, no, I'm making my own life. Right. I'm making my own days. Right, my I'm own writing world. the story. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm going to have a fun time. And, and, and it's a common thing. It's, it's how sin and uh, temptation works. Is It's a common thing to think, you know, God's ways aren't all that good. It's mm-hmm. not that fun. And this other way is not culture's way, but this other way is, is really fun, really, yeah. really fun. Yeah. Um, well, and that reminds me of what uh, Galen had said a while ago that he had had a conversation with someone, and the person said, well, I feel like God really wants me to be happy, and so I think I'd like to make, I'm looking at making this decision, and it was not a, it was not a Christ-like decision. And he said, I think God is more looking to make you holy than he is to making you happy. Like that mm-hmm. sanctification process is what we're going for. It's not, it's not what feels the best. It's what is, you know, what, what, what is in his word and his image and stuff. So, Yeah, and, and in, a, in, a, in, a, in the culture today, however many years we are now into the theory of evolution and how that's affected people as we're all going through school and we're learning about that. 
But the cues from culture would be you come from nothing, you're going nowhere for no reason. Mm-hmm. And the cues from the Bible from Psalm 139 is that we come from a loving God, an eternal God, an amazing, perfect Father who has loved us and redeemed us. And there is so much purpose that only Casey can achieve, that only Carson can achieve, that only that only Keith can achieve. And for our listeners, only you can achieve because of what you've been through. And now the gospel through you can reach a specific type of people. And so it's like, man, that that is the cue from the Word of God, yep. and that's rich. The the before and behind you, Keith. You were talking about the the other the, all the different ways. The idea in one thirty nine of you 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 hem me in before and behind, or you saying that the time too. Okay. Um, Sorry. Yeah, I looked at the I looked at those Hebrew words that for that verse, you hem me in behind and before me, and yeah. and I wanted to explain in a way that people can understand what that kind of means. Yeah. And so I use the offensive line is in front of you. God's <laughs> yeah. blocking for you, and he's got your back if somebody's coming from behind you, and yeah. he's blessing you. But the Hebrew words, that's kind of a temporal as you go through de- every day. But the Hebrew word means that, but it also can mean um, before me and behind me in terms of time, of the passage of time. So it's like God is saying... I, I set things up for you. The reason you're here now is because of all these things that I set up for this mm-hmm. course to get here and for how y- your life is going to go from here. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm behind to clean it up if there's any mess left over. Is that not cool? And also yeah. to use anything you've done, good or bad. Good or bad. For my plan. For his plan. That's, is that not good? Yeah, the... the, the it's not out of God's control. And even if it feels out of your control, it's still within God's grasp. And like you said, how much fits in the hollow of his hand today, right? Yeah. Like if that much water can fit there, I'm pretty sure me and all of my many problems, yeah. is, is, you know, it's like, it's nothing. And what was that A.W. Tozer quote is a, a higher view of God as the solution to like 10,000 problems. Awesome. Just believing in, in who God is. And that goes back to that thesis statement, or which is also what you think about God or what you believe determines everything else in your life is the bigger you think God is, the more, I think, confident and confident and assurance you should have in, in going forward through your day. Like we said last week, like heaven is your home. Every day is one day near. Like that, mm-hmm. if you believe that deep down in your socks, like that should make, not every day is going to be easy, but maybe yep. just that much easier, like and every one of your decisions based on all these things should be affected by this. But if you compartmentalize, like we talk about, if you leave, and that's one reason, Carson, you were talking about doing the podcast is to help people, is to help us all, because I know I do it sometimes too. You walk out of Sunday, and I work on the tech side, so sometimes I get off about 1 o'clock, I leave the church, I, I lock it up, and I just wipe the sweat off my brow, and I want to go think about anything else. But (laughs) But Wednesday, like... We have to think about. We have to keep holding on to these things because if you don't, if you compartmentalize and it just becomes a Sunday afternoon frame of mind, then you don't behave Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all the way to Saturday, like a Christian. Yeah, I want to close with a challenge. I want to close with a challenge for mm-hmm. all of our listeners and for us this week is to ask the people that we love that are close to us and maybe even some people that are not super close to us. Maybe we just work with them. Ask people what they think God is like. That would be an amazing question. What do you think God is like? Because um, I got to be a part of a 
a group that had a guy from, I think it was like the Navigators. It was some sort of ministry. And he's like, I have probably shared the gospel 10,000 times on campus with college-age kids. And he goes, I have stopped just shooting one arrow in the sense of like, I want to hit their heart with the gospel. He goes, I don't just shoot one arrow. I ask them questions about who God is, who is, who is God to you? What is your background? What do you believe? And he goes, essentially people give me the arrow that I can fire back to their heart. He goes, because I don't know what they've been through. When I say God, I don't know what comes to their mind. He goes, so I use questions and I get to know their framework of God so that I can see exactly what they need Mm -hmm. to have the clear gospel. So I just wonder about, if we just ask people, hey, what do you think God is like? What is, what is God like to you? And I'm not looking to disagree or maybe argue or it, fight with it, anyone. But don't go into it giving, trying to argue. Don't yeah. go it regular, ready to be like, oh, a mistake. Yeah, no, yeah. if you can just listen, but they're giving you information that then you can take to the word of God and say, okay, is what they believe mostly right, a lot right? Or like Keith talked about Star Wars theology. I believe that there's good out there and bad, and somehow they fight each other or, or balance each other. And you're Santa like, Claus. you know, but they're giving you information. And even if you do nothing more than take that to prayer for that person, I think that would be a cool question to ask a lot of people. What are your thoughts, Keith? I think that's a great question to ask people. Um, I think all week we ought to be asking ourselves that question too. Yes. Yeah. And and my goal for this week is to meditate on and think about how does it affect me to know that God is unlimited? Okay. There you go. Because that would be my one-word answer. If you ask what is God like, I would say unlimited. And then that applies to unlimited in love, yeah. unlimited in mercy, unlimited right. in justice, justice, unlimited in righteousness, un- unlimited. Oh, wow. so, so magnificent, we can't hardly describe him. In fact... I, I came up with a with kind of a quote that I that I cut out of the sermon because I didn't have time to go into this concept. Okay. But the truth is, God in the Scripture in places is called inscrutable to humans; okay. is beyond our ability. And here, remember, David mm-hmm. said, "Too high, such knowledge is too high for me. It's too wonderful." Right. And so, there is a, a truth to this. And and here's the the quote I was going to say: Whenever man tries to depict God whether we do it by our words or whether we do it by poetry or music or now we do it in videos. There's a whole bunch of movies and I had a whole, all these movies to talk about. (laughs) Um, Whenever man tries to depict God, his efforts will necessarily be inadequate. Mm. He will fall short. Mm. Um, it's a big thought. That is. And then going back to the unlimited, it's like, how can you depict unlimited, yeah. right? You're like, yeah, because as soon as you depict it, you've limited it. As soon as you try <laughs> to give God any kind yes. of a human, a script written by human hands, you're going to fall short. Keith, thank you so much for joining us this week. And uh, I just want to encourage everyone to think about that word unlimited and may that maybe be a, a connection word for you with God as you go forward. Have a great week. <laughs>